morning, people of the internet. You are listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie Gross Point Blank, one minute at a time. I am your co-host and co-producer, Hugh David, and with us today... I'm Deb, and mm-hmm. on today's show, we are going to be looking at minute 21, starting with a uh, cut to Gross Point High School, and ending with... Um, Martin Blank uh, talking to his old high school teacher. And joining us on today's show, we have Darren. Darren is joining us from a number of other Movies by Minute podcasts. So, hey, Darren. Hello. Yes, I tried to count because I was like, how many of these have I done? Like in my head, I was like, (laughs) how many have I actually done? Um, And I think I've covered nine films, but not all of them, not all of them by minutes. Some of them I've done in gimmicky ways like i did how to lose a guy in 10 days in 10 segments and nice. how, to, how to lose a guy in 10 episodes so you know that kind of thing but yeah overall not nine films that i've covered um Fantastic. only only six of them were minute by minute though so uh-huh uh-huh got a pref- got a favorite under, uh, out of the ones you did minute by minute uh, well, the one that, the, like, the the only one really that I've done every single minute myself was the Social Network, which Ooh. was obviously the, the Social Minute. That was the name of the the thing, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, Clueless is probably my favourite film out of the films that I've covered. Um, but uh, yeah, and and the podcast for that did get, get itself onto like the front of iTunes when that was still a thing. So nice. you know, that, nice. yeah, there were there were a few people who kind of liked that one, but yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of David Fincher, so it was fun to go through, um, you know, social network mm-hmm. um, at an extremely slow pace. It's two hours long, so, you know. That was Lots of great writing, life. though, with Aaron Sorkin's script. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like, the, the script like would make the film, like, nearly three hours, but obviously the pace it's delivered at, it's yeah, so yeah. quick that, like, every single minute... It was one of those films where I was watching it, and I was like, you know what? Each minute of this, there is a lot of stuff going on, and... Turned out that was correct. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, I'd love to. I, I'd love to know how many. T- I mean, Fincher being Fincher, I know he does do long takes, but uh, he's still a very. He can be a very nineties guy with some pretty fast cut sequences. So I would love to know how many shots he got per minute sometimes in some films. But that's for well, another time. Do you know the funny thing is, if you listen to the commentary in Gone Girl, there's a moment where um, Neil Patrick Harris pulls up in a car. Like it's just a very simple shot. Car, you know, he's he's obviously very rich. He's driving a fast car. Pulls up very very fast into his shot, and on the commentary, David Fincher goes, "That took exactly one take." And he, <laughs> like, he makes a point that like they didn't do it over and over again. It's like one take. They did it, and he goes off. He goes off for a couple of minutes, kind of jokingly complaining about how people go on about him doing tons of takes. And it's, it's quite funny. He's a bit, well, all of his commentaries are really fun to listen to. He's a, he's like he's like a very yeah. good, you know he's a fun yeah, guy to listen to. It. Definitely, I, I remember listening to Seven way back in the day and a few others. So, big, big fan myself. But um, yeah, he did have a, a reputation at one point, didn't he? The opening scene of uh, Social Network did take ninety-eight takes. So, well, uh, yeah. yeah, it's an earned reputation. But yeah, I do like that he kind of he acknowledges it and kind of plays with it a little bit on some of the commentaries. It's quite funny. Excellent, excellent. So, how did you come to Gross Point Blank then? Uh, do you know what? I think, if I remember correctly. Um, I bought the VHS because mm-hmm. I like Mini Driver because I'd seen, mm-hmm. I think I'd seen uh, Goodwill Hunting at that point at okay. the cinema, 
And so, you know, you're like, what else, do, you know, is this Irish temptress? I'm assuming she's Irish. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. She's done a lot of different. She's in that, she was in that film where she played an Irish. Uh, yeah, so the friends. Yeah, so so I was mm. like, what else is she in? Like, you know, because obviously they let her keep her accent in Goodwill Hunting. They didn't make her do mm. an American mm. voice. So I was like, okay, what else is? And I saw that the, I, th- I I have a feeling it was one of those deals where it was like you know three VHSs for five pounds. You know, that, oh, not yeah. five pounds, fifteen pounds. So they were like five yeah. pound each. But it's like it's like you know seven pound to buy one, but it's like three for fifteen. So I was like, okay. And I, I bought. I can't remember what else I bought with it, but I remember buying a VHS. And just watching it, and then you know, in, you know, just falling in love with it. And then when it was on DVD, I th- the DVD I think is just one of those vanilla ones where it's literally just the yeah. film, and the yeah. special features are like you know menu selection um, <laughs> and <laughs> subtitles. You know, if they think about it. But yeah, so I, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, I bought it again on DVD. Uh, I think I gave away the VHS to a friend of mine who's you know still had like a, mm. a VHS mm. TV combi thing. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously I've watched it quite a few times uh, over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, and there's a number of other like John Cusack films I'd seen previous to that, that, you know, I hadn't seen say anything. I don't think at that point, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I had seen, I had seen the sure thing on TV a few times. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, because Daphne Zuniga, you know, who wasn't Mm -hmm. as a a teenage boy in love with uh, the princess (laughs) from Spaceballs. Um, And so, you know, so so obviously, you know, I'd watched that a few times and, you know, John Cusack, a very good actor. So, you know, and obviously also Joan Cusack, you know, she's great in this film. Um, Lover and working girl, you know, with the gigantic hair that's like three times the size of her head. So, you know, it was just like. You know, there was just a number of things where, when it comes to films, particularly films I, you know, I haven't seen at the cinema, um, you know, you, you have to have like a thing that draws you in. And I think in this case it was, you know, the combination of the Cusacks and uh, Mini Driver. Um, and I think when I watched it on tape, I there was like I didn't really have a full concept of what the film was about. Like I'm sure I'd seen mm-hmm. reviews in like Empire or something, um, and I was just like, okay, you know, like they they're saying it's good, so. I'll just, you know, go ahead and, and give it a chance. You can't go wrong for a fiver, can you? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it depends what we're paying for. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to explain after something we saw on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, I had to explain to my girlfriend who the four was and Marky e. Smith. And I'm just thinking of some of the gigs I went to with them. <laughs> Famously yeah. a band that never quite had it together in the later years. So uh you could pay your money and get less than twenty minutes if you were lucky. Um right, so uh this is quite interesting that you mentioned uh, Mini Driver just briefly because it made me think about the fact that I always thought at the the beginning she was Irish, but it turns out that she is um, English by way of Barbados, apparently. Um, So, yeah, born in London, raised in Barbados until she was seven, and then they came back. So, yeah, it explains a few things as to why she has a slightly more international kind of sense compared to some of the other Brit actresses of the era. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, but but yeah, as you say, you know, she she was very much. She feels like yeah, I know she's still around. I know she's still got a lot on. Uh, we've said in a few past episodes about you know she's done a biography recently and has been promoting that. Um, but it is one of those people who you do feel you think of in, when you're thinking of '90s films rather than and TV rather than current. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I, was, I was trying to think like what was the last thing that I saw her in, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm kind of like struggling. Yep. To to recall like what the last big thing was that she did. Yeah. Um, 
that's definitely what the, the the discussion we've been having <laughs> on, this, <laughs> on this show. Everyone's like, when did I last hear? Um, I, I actually saw on a podcast last year about, funnily enough, about her, her biography, because Audible now do these like nine minute YouTube video slash audio podcasts about new authors they've got featured. Um, yeah. So she was on that, and, and and I caught her on a couple of other things. But uh, it was it was funny because that was before that was when Dev was asking me he'd asked me to do this podcast, and I hadn't I was not convinced about this. And I was watching <laughs> it, and I thought, yeah, no, we can do this, we can do this, you know, we can talk about it. Uh, so yeah, so Dev, tell us about the minute we're in. So uh, yeah, we've uh, our, our protagonist Martin Blank has um, come back to high school. Uh, mm. And you see this grand, grand high school, which I think is actually a, it, it is a school, but it's, I think, a school in uh, the LA area, because obviously yes. all of this was shot in, in and around LA. Mm -hmm. um, and we have him stumbling upon uh, a teacher that he'd had when he was still in school, Miss Canetta, and uh, having a, an interesting conversation with her, asking whether Ethan Frome is still being taught, a book that I have <laughs> never read. Um, and uh, yeah, she's trying to find out what he, where he's gone and what he's been doing with this. She, she just yeah, describes him as the great mystery of that year group. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a, it's a very of... talented student. But, uh... Well, well, this is something that's quite interesting because obviously these days there's a lot of uh, mental health memes and self-help memes online. And I, there's a lot about the idea of the formerly gifted child who isn't mm -hmm. who's now at an age where they are no longer in a job where they are seen as that as the gifted one and it's about what if you have anxiety and you have you know, lack of success in your work and you have this this you may be a formerly gifted child kind of thing and literally this film has that trope right there right in that moment Right, where she's like, we all thought you get bound for somewhere, you know, somewhere special, Harvard, you know, somewhere, like, you know, and you just think, yeah, he fits that bill quite nicely, uh, yeah. bizarrely in some ways, you know. But yes, yes, he's. We get. So we're now getting the, the the things we may have assumed in the opening minutes are now either being confirmed or are are being uh, played with, you know, yeah, uh, as ideas. Um, I must say. Yeah, as, as a teacher, I find it quite funny because I now have the conversations she has, um, you know, and they are like that. They really are like that. You just turn, you walk into the, the department office and there's somebody there in civvies who you haven't taught in three years and they're back from university and they're going, hello. And you're like, uh, hi, <laughs> I'm really, really busy. But, but yeah, nice to see you kind of thing. And, and they are, they do feel, it, it captures it nicely. It's a very nice, the, the tone is, 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 is spot on. I think there's also some interesting camera work going on here in this oh. minute. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't, I'd never really consciously recognized it previously, but watching it in preparation for this episode, I, um, Mont Blanc's entirely filmed in shadow for the mm. entirety of this conversation. And, mm. and actually Miss Canetta is also in shadow and they kind of step sideways to move her mm. into the light. So there's a very like, light dark contrast going on here with the angles um you've got a man dressed entirely in black filmed entirely in the shadow mm. um compared to his his teacher who had such aspirations for him mm -hmm. with uh this kind of you know 
daylight on her, but also like a very, very brightly lit backdrop to her mm -hmm. um, that gives this really odd contrast. And I'm not sure if it's exaggerated that this is probably such an old uh, print that, uh, you know, could could do with some cleaning up, but it it does look very flat. I mean, you know, the... <sighs> This school, which we've seen so often, uh, you pointed out it was uh, it's Los Angeles. It's uh, John Marshall High School, Tracy Street in Silver Lake, LA, uh, and it has been used so often. <laughs> right, it has just been used so often. I mean, I, uh, it's it's one of those places where you, if you do, you know, it, it, this is Buffy, right? This is Pretty in Pink. This is you know, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, its playing fields were in Greece of all things, going all the way back, right? So this is like when anybody outside of America thinks of the American high school, this is the yeah. one you think of, right? So in that sense, it's really fascinating that we we barely see it. We're most you know it's mostly a backdrop for this conversation. Um, so it's almost like they're playing with the idea of the typical American um, high school. But then, as you say, the play of light is also really interesting, and it's one. I would love to know from Armitage if that was luck of the shoot, luck of the take, or whether that was he was standing there going, "Oh, it'd be really if we if we like it this way, we can, you know, he's in darkness, blah blah blah." Yeah. It might just I'm, be I'm... that John Cusack is so gigantic that he just obscures <laughs> the entire field of view, and that was like they had no other choice. Trying to fit this, what I can only assume is a tiny woman, into the same shot as. Seven she foot tall, it. John Cusack. Yeah. Like she looks like she's four foot, and he looks like he's seven foot. And to get yeah. them, like, there's no way to get like a proper two shot with both of them in. And it always seems mm. like they're they're slightly like John Cusack. Like you say, he's in shadow, but he's also slightly moving away as mm -hmm. he's talking to her. And she's like, mm -hmm. she actually steps into the light as like the the scene is going on. So I don't know if somebody yeah. was just like trying to move the camera and that's that was like the best spot they found for her um mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. she wasn't being obscured by the shadow of this giant um mm -hmm. but yeah it's just it like i don't i think in some ways it's just necessitated by the height difference that you've got to you've got to put them a certain way in the frame otherwise yeah. you're gonna you're gonna lose like half of either of them um, um but there is already a a pattern of putting martin up against other people in you know sl slightly confrontational positioning always in one half of the picture versus someone in the other half or something in the other half um yeah. you know we, we've already had him face off with grocer you know we've yeah. had him and joan cusack standing in, in not in, not as confrontational but in you know a very different dynamic um and this is it, it's a pattern that we're seeing you know um and then him and his shrink you know it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a there's a definite pattern here of it's not just you know, he is in he's in confrontation with everyone and everything. <laughs> yeah, so um, the Can Miss Canada is is played by uh, actress called Valita Moreno, who is actually five foot even. So, you know, oh, there's wow. a foot and a half difference between them. It's it's not a small small height difference. Um, I also kind of wonder if this took a few um, attempts to get and and it was getting towards kind of running out of daylight because the sun has got to be very low in the sky to get this kind of shadow up against the building. Cause it's not the building that's casting the shadow. It's from presumably whatever's across the street. Mm. Um, 
So I wonder if they kind of took a few runs at this and this was the one that they, they went with in the, uh, the final version of the film to, to get this out. And it that would it also sense. has that feel a little bit, especially from Miss Canada. She's talking very fast. And I wonder if part of that is kind of feeling like they're running out of daylight. They need to get this, this shot, mm-hmm. shot sealed. Yeah, this entire encounter lasts pretty much just this minute. Mm, it's yeah. like, you know, which, you know, I, I know that he's not spending much time like going back and getting to know people, but like the, the amount of topics they cover in a very short frame of time is kind of mm. weird. It's like he mentions Ethan Frome. She makes a joke about like, you know, the biggest mystery. Of, was, she says something about white flight, the way she's, she's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, so she, she's a... like, like it just it's thrown off as like a very quick joke and then you know she's like where you know where did you go to and like like it's just by the time you get to the end of the minute they've gone through like a couple of topics very fast and then literally like two seconds into the next minute he's off and it's like it's such a a kind of brief thing but there is a lot of stuff that they're kind of just going over very very quickly um yeah it's it's done in that kind of very casual john cusack style of like kind of Mm. barely seeming to care about the conversation just kind of like touching on a couple mm. of topics and being very casual and try like trying not to like, give too much away you know obviously this character is a very guarded character you know that's one yeah. of the reasons why he's got a therapist so it's just i don't know it's it's, just, it's kind of weird that it's like small talk but they cover so many topics very quickly and then that that's it like it's within a minute he's gone and there's a lot of this very quick fire dialogue in the movie in general, right? Especially his his dialogues with Grocer is is the other the other space I see this in a lot. Also with uh, Debbie's father when she meet when when they meet, um, a lot of like hitting something, swallowing the joke in in just you know letting it just moving the conversation on without even mm. a pause to appreciate it, right? You're dressed like a mortician, and then she's off onto another topic. Hmm. it's interesting i was just uh, looking at her uh, her career on imdb and i wonder how much of the casting was i mean obviously availability is always you know the main reason people get caught cast isn't it but uh, but looking at her her track record she was pretty visible if you were ever watching tv in the 80s in america like fairly you know crops up on, on just show after show after show after show right you know yeah. roseanne um perfect strangers murphy brown um just so much and you kind of, i kind of wonder given the the vibe oh full house as well you know and given the vibe of, of um what they're going for with the film whereas this whole you know he leaves in the 80s in the punk era and come and comes back you know now in the more grown up i do kind of wonder if there's a deliberate sort of sense of a visual nod to that era you know kids of that era will go oh yeah it's her you know um although i think it's funny that uh my nephews would know her now because apparently she's a regular character in the diary of a wimpy kid films (laughs) 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 so my nephews will know exactly who she is which is kind of cool typecast as a teacher as well mrs yes mrs this mrs that yeah. Well, you know, she 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 does seem to have done nurses, teachers, you know, older lady friends, that kind of thing. It is mums, you know, very much her, her her role. Yeah, even probably her her most prominent role is the secretary in Clear and Present Danger, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, yeah, so it is it is funny how people like that get typecast and just lean into it because it, it's a job, right? 
this was uh, minute 21 of the Gross Point Blank podcast, Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, featuring your hosts, co-writers and co-producers, myself, Dev Sodega, and Hugh David. Today's guest, Darren Husted. Darren, where can people find you online? Um, do you know what? Given all the recent developments in social media, um, I think probably the easiest thing to do is if you're subscribed to podcasts, just put my name in and you will find those. The most recent podcast that I've been doing is T. Hanks for the Memories, which is going through the career of Tom Hanks. And <laughs> what a so great name. <laughs> there will be, there will be, uh, before, I'm sure by the time this comes out, I will have covered a man named Otto and uh, Asteroid City. Nice. Those are like the, the last two I've got to do before I catch up. And then I'm sure Tom will have had another film out by the time I, I get those oh, done. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is my curse from now on is to, you know, cover the rest of his career as it goes along. <laughs> it only took me like two years to completely catch up with everything that he'd done. So, do you um, think? I wonder yeah. if he might. Wonder if he might hear you one day and ask to be on it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. If he's heard my opinions of some of the, the like Robert Langdon films, probably not. Um, ah, he, he's, he's a good sport. Before I hear, yeah. But um, I've so. never heard anyone in the business say anything bad about him. He's literally one of the famous. Oh, um, Henry Winkler is not a fan. Yeah, well, I I know people are not a fan of Henry, but I know what you mean. I yeah. know what you no, mean. I mean like Henry Winkler was the director of Turner and Hooch briefly, and then he was fired. And uh, yes, yeah, yeah, people. But I mean, it... people mention Tom Hanks to him. He's the yeah. you know he has a habit of not saying nice things about himself. But apart from uh, Henry Winkler, yeah, pretty much. everyone else is very nice. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> stick my name into a into any podcatcher, and you'll find episodes of stuff I've been on. Fantastic. Uh, if you are looking for more from us, you can, uh, apart from this uh, podcast that you're listening to, you can find us on all other good podcast players. If you want to see what we look like, check out YouTube. We're also on X, assuming that when this comes out, X is still around at the rate advertisers are leaving it as we record. And you can find us on Spotify at all three platforms. We are at the handle at DEBI Radio, Debbie Radio. We are also on the website, DebbieRadio.com. All of those, it is DEBI. BI Radio. And you can also talk with us on our Facebook listeners group. That's Debbie Radio 79.5 FM Fan Club. So uh, jump on the group and uh, let us know what you think of the film, how you first saw it, uh, what your favorite minutes are. Sure was clear that all of this was new. Concentrating hard like a little girl. Smoking for the first time It wasn't a moment It was a feeling